0: What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Yo, bro, I'm having trouble uh just focusing as we know the Boston and Yankees are playing right now. So, it's a little hard to focus on what we're doing here, but we're recording right now. Welcome back to another episode. What's good, bro? I mean, definitely good.
1: Interesting um, I mean I know that your attention span is going to be like back and <laughs> forth with the game. But before we get into it, I wanted to ask you, like, what did you do during the six hours of apocalypse yesterday when <laughs> social media was down? Like, what, what, how did you spend those six hours? Did you even know about what happened?
0: I'm having a complete brain fart. Yesterday was. What exactly Monday
1: and like Facebook, oh Instagram, God. and WhatsApp were all down for like so six hours.
0: It wasn't too bad for me for the simple fact that I don't know if you've watched or if you've heard of the show called Squid the Squid Game. I think it's called Squid Game.
1: I've heard about it, but I have no idea what I, it
0: is. I I binge watched the show in two days. It's okay. it's a really good show. I highly recommend it. Um. So, like, for me, it wasn't too bad because yeah, I was either watching the football game, which I don't need, you know, Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. any other social media app. So I was good because I had yeah. the two things that I needed, which was football and the the show. I, I I was fine. What about you? I mean, for me, it wasn't a big
1: deal because it's like whatever. I, I'm. If anything, I was more fascinated because when it first went down, um. I don't I went to Twitter because I was I was like, let me see if, if we <laughs> if Twitter's down and if not, then they're going to be talking about it. And so when I started looking up the information, what for me, I think, was the most interesting part was hearing about what happened actually on Sunday, which I don't know if you heard about the 60 Minutes interview about a former employee that worked at Facebook and just you know, spilled the the beans, the tea, whatever you want to call. It, and like, why don't you? Believed.
0: Why don't you elaborate on that? Because I I briefly heard this story in my journalism class, uh, yeah. uh, last night, but we didn't dive into it. What What was mm-hmm. it exactly? That happened?
1: Okay, so for you, and then I guess anybody listening to. So basically, there's this this lady. Her name is Frances Hogan. If I, If I'm mispronouncing her name, but she worked inside. She worked for Facebook as a civic um, integrity group or something like that. So basically her job was to kind of regulate, you know, hate speech and all the things that, you know, kind of happened behind these social media platforms. And so she'd been working there. I think she was recruited in 2019. So she just kind of came to the conclusion during her time there that Facebook was prioritizing their profits over the safety of their users, as she said in the interview. And so she, uh, when she made the decision, like, yo, she wasn't going to be, you know, be part of this no more. She started to, she took like, I supposedly like over 10,000 documents. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they said, you know, people within the company, like, Hey, we're not really doing anything, you know, major as far as hate speech and, you know, or like the, the algorithm is showing people the things that are going to, you know, get them to anger because anger creates engagement. Things that a lot of us kind of knew, but it was more in the background. And she just went to the Wall Street Journal and spilled everything. And so to the point where, like, you know, now she's going to be testifying before Congress. Um, most likely uh, the people behind Facebook are going to be having to testify again before Congress. And so it just seemed, you know, for a lot of people, they thought that there was a correlation between the two, that it was weird that 24 hours after she went, you know, because she first came out um, anonymous. But then yesterday, um, excuse me, not yesterday, on Sunday, she, you know, she wanted to show her face and say her story. And so when that all came out and then that was kind of the big shocker for me, was like, oh, finding all of this how Instagram is hurting, you know, teenage girls and their self-esteem and eating with this um, eating disorders, all these things that we kind of all suspected were the worst parts of social media. But to hear somebody within the company just come out and say it and have proof behind it, it's, it's really like, it's a really interesting topic and, it was just crazy to to hear about that and the coincidence that it just so happened the day, you know, yeah. the day after that. then you know, all three apps that are owned by Facebook just completely go under.
0: So basically your accusation is that all these social media platforms contributed to to all these, you know, obviously what you just mentioned about what, you know, all these little girls dealing or these girls dealing with, you know, low, low self-esteem and all these and all these issues. Basically, her accusation is that these social media platforms had something to do with that as well.
1: They, what she basically said, she wasn't saying specifically like that. That was their intent. Yeah. But they allowed you know, it. What she, what she said basically is like they saw it. They saw what was happening and instead of like doing everything that they can to kind of you know, deter those type of things, they looked at the the bottom line, which a lot Ouch. of corporations do. And it was yeah. like, you know, like one of the things that she, she mentioned, which I think was the most fascinating part, was that part about like how the algorithm changed in 2018 to started showing you things that Facebook or Instagram think that you're going to engage with and that the algorithm found that the thing that gets people to engage more is things that get people angry. So whether it's around, you know, that's uh, true, political issues yeah. or social issues or racial issues, all these things. Um, and so, yeah, we all know that because some, we've I think all of us have been yeah. baited by it at yeah. one point or another. This yeah. article or this post. But to know that they knew about that. And kind of did very little to nothing to stop it, but more than anything drive, because at the end of the day, they just want people to stay on the apps for longer, to engage with things and whatnot. It's just like to hear a voice from within the company put a like put that out there was like, whoa. Like so I was like fascinated when I was when I was uh, reading it. And then obviously when I went to see the interview for anybody who hasn't seen it, go online go to 60 minutes i believe it's on, on cbs.com or something like that and check out that interview
0: that's interesting because uh, let me if you don't mind me adding this um and it, it's so fresh because it actually happened tonight in my multimedia reporting class um we we were talking about you know i have to do a uh, a, a story basically a radio story and my professor was basically helping us out you know choosing a topic and one of the the points that she brought out as to what makes a a good radio story right was the word conflict and that's that's something that not just social media platforms are contributing in because again ratings and and viewership and people engaging that's that's what they use they use conflict and it's funny and, and it, that they that this person went to The wall street journal obviously they're a very respected uh uh, news outlet but you know we also as i I, we talked tonight in my journalism class news news outlets they also contribute into that like what what reporters think about as to like what story do they want to cover usually is whatever story is going to bring out the conflict like gonna you know enrage people get people chatting like what all these news outlets do they they Focus not on the boring stories. They focus on the story that's gonna spark that fire and get people, you know, riled up. And I think that social media outlets seeing the or you know, I don't know how long they've been doing it for, but they probably noticed the success that news outlets were were getting, especially in the debate, you know, era that we're in. Where okay, how can we spark a debate? How can we yeah. spark conflict? And I think that's what these you know these social media platforms what they engaged in and i feel sorry for whoever is going to be trying to seek the truth with with, with uh, i think it's mark uh, zuckerberg right he's the, zuckerberg yeah he, he ain't, get, they ain't getting nothing from him because he he doesn't talk he's a robot <laughs> yeah They ain't getting. Well, oh yeah from him. no
1: and, and that's going to be the interesting part to see where this story ends up because yeah um you know one thing that she also mentioned in in the in the art in the interview excuse me when they asked her, like, you know, why did you take all of these documents or whatnot, you know, when when you decided that you wanted to come forward and she said that she wanted to gather enough proof mm. where no one can dispute like, oh, this is just a disgruntled employee or dismiss her as like somebody with an agenda. She was like, no, I'm going to bring enough proof, enough um, light to this situation. Where it can't just simply be ignored and dismissed, and so, um, so that part I'm, I'm very interested because for years the government has been wanting to, yeah. you know, regulate some of these companies, especially Facebook, because we, you know, it kind of happened from one day to the next. But if you think about it, Facebook, in and of itself, controls so much of the way that we communicate because True. it's not just yeah. Facebook, but then when they acquired Instagram. You know, and then when they acquired WhatsApp, yep, yep. so not even like you know social media, because we tend to see WhatsApp as more of like a messaging service, but it com it so much information and so much communications traffics through them. Yep, yep, that to know that they have a hand or that they haven't been as forthcoming as to what they know, what they're aware of, and now having it having to deal with it. I hope that, you know, like what she says is true that this is something that doesn't just go away, that brings a light. And also, honestly, and, I, and I'll end my yeah. point with this, that it shines the light on us. Yeah. Because ultimately, like all of these things are a reflection of us. Like an, a, pot, a negative article can be posted, it's still on us to engage or to engage in those debates, those conflicts that you talk about. And so I think that part of what i hope comes out of this is for us as a society you know no matter where you come from where you stand on political social whatever is to look at like hey here, here's people that are like banking and monetizing on our ability to like hate to to argue to divide and to do all these things and so even if we have like differences of opinion or beliefs let's not feed into it when you know that There's people that are literally banking, like literally not just banking, like metaphorically, but banking monetary for us to continue down this path. And I hope that that this is a turning point for all of us and for whoever needs to be, you know, whoever needs to pay the the consequences going all the way. Like you mentioned to, to Mark Zuckerberg, that they are held accountable because They are basically helping in the deconstruction of 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 society, and that's
0: like that's dead wrong. Yeah, they're basically picking and choosing when to step in. Like if they there's a persona that they don't like, like let's say uh, you know Donald Trump. They'll they'll you know, and I'm no fan of Donald Trump. Yeah, Yeah. But when you know when it comes to him, they're very quick to to censor you know what he says. But like, okay, what about the guy that only has 100 followers just because right, he has 100 right. followers doesn't mean that a thousand people won't view what he wrote right i have yeah. 132 let's say twitter followers there was this one time where i had 5,000 likes on a post so mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure and, and a bunch of comments i'm pretty sure tens of thousands of people seeing that comment interacted in one way or another and again just because i have 132 followers doesn't mean that i won't that more people won't see it. So they need to pay, like you said, pay more attention to like everything that, that that's affecting in this world. You know, take a look at everything. You're absolutely right about that.
1: Yeah. So hopefully it's, it's one of those things that I want to continue, you know, reading up on and, you know, searching up to see where it goes. Cause it, it it matters to us because it, we're, whether we want to admit it or not, we are entrenched and somewhat dependent on social media, business wise, or even just for fun or whatever. So like we, we broadcast yeah. and promote our stuff on social media. Yeah. So it's good to know, like some of the things that are happening behind the scenes that, you know, that can help hopefully bring about some positive change.
0: Yeah, that's true, man.
1: But let's stay not like, somewhat, you know, somewhat in conflict, but more this is instead of it being, you know, social media downfall and all of that, it's more like a family type of, uh, conflict yeah and that is a uh you know the the reunion of and and i'm totally gonna turn this subject over to you um as the resident patriots slash uh tom brady fan but over the weekend on sunday night football you know tom brady finally got to you know go home as they say professionally and we saw him play against uh the new england patriots and Bill Belichick a lot was made of the game yeah um you saw the game And I just kind of, again, as the the person who's is more invested in this emotionally, like what did you take away from this game?
0: It was. And for a person that obviously I missed the game and I was super pissed about it.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: I had a prior engagement and I and I, you know, when when your wife puts you in these things, you can't you can't say no. (laughs) Got it. Throwing her under the bus. I I do. I do that often here. You know, it's all it's all love. It's all love. Got but, it. you know, obviously I went back, I watched the game, watched the highlights of the game, and, and tried to catch as much as I could. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I'm, as a Patriots fan slash Brady fan, that upsets me so much is what the media has decided to do. Because when there isn't an angle, as I just mentioned earlier, they'll try to find something to create a conflict. And what they've found is the whole Bill Belichick and Tom Brady Versus Tom Brady stuff, yeah. Like you can't separate the two. The way I view it is you can't separate the two. They won six titles together. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback slash football player, arguably, in NFL history, and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. Those things are true. You and and that and and those things wouldn't happen without the other. So like. I want to address that first because, obviously, rather than looking at the game, you know, obviously prior to the game, all these reports came out about, you know, Tom Brady's about to have a documentary. There's a book coming out about, you know, the the end days of the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady and and Bill Belichick. Again, rather than focusing on the actual game, they were trying to find something to try to separate the two. They are the greatest at what they've done and at what they do and they displayed it on Sunday night. Yes, it was a low-scoring game. It was 19 to 17. Tom Brady didn't throw for a touchdown. You know, completed only 22 out of 43 attempts, and it wasn't it wasn't really a good game for him um when you look at the stats if you just want to look at the box score. But it was a chess match. And at the end of the day when the the Bucks needed to make a move. You know, Tom Brady was able to lead them to a field goal and give the Bucks the lead. Credit to Bill Belichick again. He's the greatest defensive mind in in NFL history. Credit to him. Like he held every single Bucks receiver under under 100 yards. Held Tom Brady to no touchdowns even though, you know, I need to mention because people have thrown empty stats. There were two touchdowns that were dropped, one by Antonio Brown which was an absolute dime by Tom Brady and he dropped yeah. it. It was ugly weather. So, you know, things happened. but he did. At the end of the day, the stat says he held him to zero touchdowns. It was a chess match. Tom Brady got the best of him here, but enough with the who's more responsible. Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, man. I, I hate that. Like we just couldn't enjoy the game for what it was. It had to be out. Some, uh, it had to be about something which we can't really quantify. We can't really tell. Because, again, they won those titles together. So that's my thought. I mean, I, I, from what I was able to see after the fact, um, it was a great game. And Tom Brady just won in the regular season. That's all it is. They won the game. They move on. That's it. What yeah,
1: do you think? I, I kind of completely agree with you. This game didn't tell me anything that I didn't know going into the game. And that's for, first and foremost that the tampa bay bucks are a better team at right now than the new england patriots yeah. they not only this season but they were last season as yeah. well i think that's part of the reason why tom brady and i think it's no coincidence that when <laughs> he finally <laughs> decided to leave new england that that is the team that he chose to go to you know yeah. because yeah he, they were as you you know it's it's a little, I guess we missed it in the beginning, you know, but there were a team that just came off with their quarterback who was prone to making some mistake And Jameis Winston still passed for 5,000 yards, yeah. you know what I mean? So they had a great offense. They just needed somebody who can, even if he didn't pass for 5,000 yards, at least cut down on the mistakes, was able to be clutch yeah. when it's needed to be clutch. And that was the upgrade, obviously, among other things that Tom Brady brings to the table. And so for me, this game was just like you said, it was a regular season game. Um, the the, the storylines I kind of get and I'm not even so much upset by them because it's what, you know, it's needed, you know, it's because it's n- almost not like, I guess, not uh, enough to just have two good teams. You need that extra motivation, that extra storyline to kind of get more people compelled And so, like you said, there. I think there is something there to the separation of the relationships or the other dynamic of the relationship. I think that if I were to summarize that, I think that that's a father, like a father son relationship, you know, where you have the father always looking at his son like, listen, remember where you came from, who made you, you know, kind of thing. And then you have the son. Eventually wanting to step out of his father's shadow, you know, and so I think that that was kind of what that was as he got older. Tom Brady wanted, you know, whether it's more say more this or wanted to some terms um, Bill Belichick unwilling to to give and not having to give it being that the father in the relationship, you know, and then ultimately the son is like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my thing. And so that's kind of like what this game was, you know, and it's no, none of them are worse off or better off because of one game. If anything, the one thing that I um, I believe is going to be an indicator more for Belichick than for Brady um, in the last, let's say, in this next chapter of his legacy, because his legacy is, you could pretty much just say cemented. But I think the part that's going to be key is Not so much Bill Belichick, the coach, but Bill Belichick, the de facto GM. Yeah. Because it's like that's what's going to determine, you know, whether his resume gets added on or if that's going to be the thing that people point to. It's like, can he turn around? Can he create any kind of even similar success? You're not going to replicate what you did, you know, those six championships. But can you replicate some kind of success deep playoff runs now that you don't have this one key element. And so that's going to be the the thing, I think, for him. But the game was just like a nice game. To me, it reminded me a little bit of, you know, Albert Pujols in baseball when he was able to go back to St. Louis, you know, years after leaving. It's special. You have people embrace you. They had he had a few people boo him at the beginning of the game. But it is just a regular season game and that's all there was to it. Yeah,
0: like at the way the way I see this is look, so many things were happening at that moment. Obviously Tom Brady also broke the record, Drew Brees' record for passing that's yards. Right. Um I'm not I don't remember if they actually stopped to 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 celebrate him. They no, probably didn't yeah, I was watching they didn't. they not do really um, much. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, he's an opponent now. Yes, you know, you can also take time to, you know Thank him for everything that he did. You can do that either after the game or before the game or whatever um these two These two are just they're, they're two greats, and you can't erase no matter what Tom Brady continues to do with Tampa you can't erase their history yeah. like they won six titles together, which is which ties um i think is the 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 cowboys and the and the Steelers but uh-huh. again, this is one regime, yeah. Against multiple coaches and quarterbacks. When you're talking about the Cowboys and the Steelers, they did that yeah. in one era. Yeah. What they did, you can't erase. And again, I, I will never try to now because I'm rooting, let's say rooting more for Tom Brady and the bucks. I will never try to diminish what they did or, or diminish bill Belichick, man, the, he, he's he got what he's got and you need skilled players winning this league you know maybe he took for granted what tom brady could offer maybe just maybe um you know obviously if the reports are true that he didn't fight for him enough for him to stay with the with with the patriots or give him enough say maybe he should have done that but whatever happened they they played for 20 years together tom brady chose to move on and they're gonna have to deal with the consequences of that decision but yeah. they are the greatest at what they do man and then that was one hell of a game, one hell of a chess match. Um, and Tom Brady just won the regular season game. That's all he did. <laughs>
1: That's
0: it. So let's move forward. There were obviously other matchups outside of um the Bucks and the Patriots in the NFL. And I kind of want to get your take on like obviously there were so many things going on. I uh won in the fantasy football league. I'm two and two now. <clears throat> I was I was Same scared. Here. I was scared. I was scared, man. I was scared. Oh no, uh, I I um you, I, I squashed. squash. You scored what? Was it 180? I think just about. Yeah, abusador. I mean, and I needed yeah. that. I, need, I needed that. We got, we I got some, that. we got some, uh, you know, trades uh, potentially happening, which we got to talk. Uh, yeah, that's you know, true. Let's talk about that, man. All right, this is between yeah, yeah. me and you. <laughs> but <laughs> there are other things going on, and I kind of just, I, you know, I just want to get, you know, your impression. If there's one or two things that that caught your attention this week in the NFL.
1: I mean there were definitely a few games that that were um you know noteworthy but I think the the one thing that kind of stood out to me that I, that I wanted to talk about and I do it painfully is actually my uh, Pittsburgh Steelers man like um this team that went what was it like 10 11 uh, 11 games in a row last yeah, year Yeah last year yep um all of a sudden are 1 in 3 um, people have so many questions around the, the offense. I know that they have, they do have some injuries, but the offense, and particularly Big Ben, people are questioning. You know, can he even make it through the season? And to me, as a, as a fan of theirs, is just it's a little disheartening to see this team that had this this incredible run last year. I know primarily was because of that you know Super Bowl quality uh, quality defense, yeah, but. You know, for me, it's like, yeah, it it, it just hurts. And, you know, yeah, I was looking yeah. at his stats and like they they had a, gr- a good game, came out week one and beat a very good Bills team, because I think we can all say the Bills are uh,
0: Super Bowl contenders. You got to yeah, say Super it. Bowl yeah. contender yeah.
1: team. And they went in, you know, and they beat um Buffalo. But when you look at his stats on that game, he was what, 18 of 32 for only, 188 yards and then if you see the games where the um versus the Raiders it's a little bit better 27 to 40 295 318 versus the Bengals that's his best game stat-wise this week he went for 232 but it's all been you know in losses and I think that you know it's I think it's evident that you know the time has has arrived yeah for Pittsburgh to potentially look beyond Big Ben. I think that for the rest of the season, they're going to have to stick it out because unfortunately what lies behind them in like, what is it? Mason Rudolph and um, Dwayne Haskins isn't, isn't that much better, you know, but, and so I think that they, they're going to give Big Ben that last opportunity to kind of just play out and, you know, go into the sunset and it's, you know, It's it's sad because obviously he's meant so much to that team. And, you know, there are two Super Bowl runs. But, you know, part of his game was, you know, his ability to move around, to to run, to take hits. Yeah. And it just seems like he hasn't, you know, between whether it's conditioning or the age or the hits or a combination of all. It just seems like they are definitely not, you know, definitely not the team that they were last year much less a team that they were a few years ago that you thought of potential Super Bowl contenders and it just seems to me that it's time
0: for them to move on. I mean if there's a bright side um for you as a as a Steelers fan is that you guys even if you guys decide to move you know move on from from Ben you guys aren't far off. Like you guys have a Super Bowl contending defense. Yeah. That's you know that gets better. That's gonna mm-hmm. get better, and then you on the offensive side of the ball, you you have a stud in Deontay Johnson, which he's gonna be in my team pretty soon, ha. Uh, my my fantasy football team, um, and then you drafted a, a potential stud in, in Najee Harris. Like Damn. you know, your offensive line isn't that great, but you've been able to build that in the past, so I I I can trust that you know. Mike Tomlin and and his staff, you know, in the front office, that they can build that, and they can yeah. find a successor to Big Ben. They've they've done that before. I think they can do it again. Like if we were talking about the Jets, you know, <laughs> the, the current uh uh you know staff we won
1: this week by the way. Yeah, it? I know,
0: I know. <laughs> and the current staff and the Giants, who I'm about to criticize too, they actually beat the Saints. Yeah. Um, like when you look at you know their drafting years, their you know off season moves or whatever you you kind of question what they do but with the Steelers we've never really done that so if there's a bright side is that you have pieces there um and all you really need is to find his successor whether it's a veteran um that can you know hold it off for about a year until you draft a guy that you can develop just like you did with Big Ben i don't think they're far off so there's hope for I you mean, as a Steelers there
1: so. are like you know rumblings and you know i mean of, of a certain guy named Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be, you know, free next year. Yo, I would and give anything so, for like, him if I'm them. You know, yeah. so, yeah. So they're, like you said, I think that they should go the veteran round. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers would be the dream as yeah. a successor, <laughs> even if it's for a few years. But I think that you're absolutely right that they're that they should upgrade at least to somebody who can hold it down for a couple of years while they bring up the next. I guess franchise quarterback, but it just like you know. I know that, and listen, I'm not even talking about Ben Roethlisberger the man because there's definitely some questionable stuff in his yeah, past. Yeah. But for the football player, you know, it seems like it's you know, it. Would, the time has come. It you would know? put
0: it would put y'all yeah, right up there with the Chiefs, even though they're you know they're just kind of picking it up now, and the Bills, and then obviously with the Bucks on in the Rams or whatever. It'll put y'all right up there as Super Bowl contenders. If I can pick up a guy like Aaron Rodgers, man, that that would be one hell of a move if they could that, do
1: that. that. Hopefully, man. So for There's me, prayer.
0: for me, and I know we touched on this last week, right? When we were talking about the standings and we brought them up. And I remember your comment. I wanted to text you after this game um, because I remember what you said. And you you were kind of skeptical. You were like, ah, it, it ain't for real. We We, you know. I don't really trust them, even though they're 3 and all, whatever. And that is the Arizona Cardinals, man. They went out there and against everybody. Did I say that about the Cardinals? Yeah, you did. You did. Okay, okay. You, you, said, the, okay. you said the same thing about the Panthers um, as okay. well. I remember you said that about the Panthers as well. But I, I know I, I had brought up the Cardinals. You were like a little bit like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I was too. I was too. Yeah. But, man, did they prove us wrong. If there's one impression of week 4, it has to be them. Yeah. Because you you look at what the Rams did to the you know, defending champions in the in the Buccaneers. Like they they beat them down. They beat them down even though it wasn't by like 20 points, but they it was it was a convincing win and everyone at that point has said, "All right, they got themselves a quarterback that can produce in Matthew Stafford. They got a, a top-tier defense, even though they haven't really you know, shown it this year. They're the team to beat. And the Cardinals went in there, and they beat them convincingly, 37 yeah. to 20. Like, yo, it's not just about Kyler Murray. It's not just about, you know, D. Hopkins. I mean, he only caught four passes for 67 yards. A.J. Green is, is resurrecting out of nowhere. But it's about that defense. Huh? That defense is stepping up big time, and it stepped up when it mattered most against an, a, a lethal offense in the LA Rams. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, as I mentioned, Matthew Stafford, which was at the top of the leadership a leader leaderboard for potential MVPs this year, and look what they did. So I, I think they are for real. Obviously you know some honorable mentions the cowboys or whatever you know no you know 3 and 1 they're taking care of business but this cardinals team is for real in in a stacked NFC you know i am worried about them as a brady fan because they can score with anyone they can drop 35 in their steep just like the chiefs just like the bucks just like the rams but they're also playing really good defense man like I don't I don't know. I don't know if you if you're there yet, but I'm right at the door. (laughs) I'm right at the door.
1: I I I agree with you. This was a statement game for them. I think that they, you know, just similar to what you mentioned in the week before, where the the Rams kind of made a statement themselves against the defending champions. I think that you now had the Cardinals saying, Well, we want to make a statement too. And you're absolutely right. As far as their their defense, you mentioned everything. You know the offense. I think it's what um what's kind of like made the the biggest impression on me because, like you said, Kyler Murray seems like the real deal, and it's somebody who. Can can kill you any number of ways. Whether yeah. it's you know with and then to have all the the weapons that they have around him, like you mentioned, AJ Green, because we know who DeAndre Hopkins is. So there, there's nothing to say about him <laughs> that that we don't already know. But to have now another receiver, in AJ Green, looks like he 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 needed a change of scenery, like a lot of other yeah. you know yeah. players do sometimes, yeah. and they are. You know, they have I didn't even realize until a couple of weeks ago that they had James Conner, you know, yeah, out back there in the, yeah. you know, in the running back as and he's not even their first, no. you know, running back. So I think that they're very dynamic. You know, it's going to be interesting because that division is oh stacked, you know, um, to see, you know, who comes out of there. I would still think it's, it's the Rams. I think that they're the favorite in that division. But you can count on you can when you when San Francisco, you can say, is, like, the, the most questionable team in that division and they're good, um, then you know what you have. And so, for me, it's going to see, can they keep up with everybody else? And, yeah, they're for real. Yo, what are they the odds, are man?
0: Like, the NFC West, you have stacked teams. Then you go to baseball, which we're going to yeah. touch on a little bit. The NL West, stacked teams. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of really, really good teams out they're on the west coast man
1: yeah definitely they're, they they're coming for prime time and like we we said last week it's in a way it's putting the new york teams to shame for the most <laughs> part because for as good as there are over there over here not so much not so much. <laughs> not so much so as we said at the beginning of the show like as or the recording i should say uh Right now, as we are currently recording, the baseball playoffs are underway, starting with the you know, the now famous wild card game. And so there's two teams. Well, right now the Yankees and, and the Red Sox are playing. Tomorrow the Red um the Cardinals and the Dodgers are gonna be playing. I know you're – I know where you lie, and I think I know (laughs) (laughs) you have a vested interest, hence why you keep looking away from the screen and keep looking at, you know, your team. I think that's up by a couple of runs. And so, you know, we want to kind of just break down. We had a few predictions earlier in the year, um, things that we didn't see coming, like the San Francisco Giants. And so as the playoffs are starting on the way, man, like I'm really – there are a few surprises. First of all, I want to start by saying I loved the final weekend of baseball. Oh my God. It it sucked that it got swallowed up by football, which tends to happen this time of year. And, Honestly, the, the very thing that I, that I wanted to happen didn't happen because I was hoping for complete anarchy.
0: Like, I <laughs> the was three-way hoping, tie stuff? Going, no, I yeah. wanted the
1: four-way tie. Oh I my wanted God. the Yankees <laughs> and the Red Sox to lose on Sunday and then Toronto and the Mariners to win Jeez. so that it would have been a complete mess. But it, <laughs> it was so... It was so impactful because yeah. I even watched a few of those final games in in Seattle, and you can kind of, especially coming off of the year that we've been, you know, coming off and seeing, you know, people be able to go back to live events. I saw this game where they were like down. Uh, when was it? I think it was on Saturday, and just yeah, it was Saturday into Sunday, man. And just to hear, you know, there was this call that they made when they oh, tied the game. You seen in, that? In, Man, and it was just the oh electricity, all of that, and so I, I don't, I never saw Seattle as like a, a team that can make a postseason run. You know, I don't think that they're there yet, but I definitely yeah. would have wanted to to see the anarchy, to see the one game sample <laughs> size of these teams competing. And man, baseball—they found something with this wild card game that makes it so much exciting. Makes yeah. The, the, yeah. the 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 end of the season exciting as people you saw the the dodgers trying to chase down the giants for the for the division title just so that they could avoid this one game playoff and you know there's a lot so i i kind of want to toss it to you and get some of your thoughts and
0: it's not even just because it's a one game playoff at least for the dodgers like they're facing off a red hot team in the st louis cardinals which they never go away yeah they they just never go away and to know that you're going to have to face off against a team like that, to then go right after that game and face off against that very team in the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. The one thing, I mean, I love the whole wild card stuff because man, I was rooting for that three-way tie between the blue Jays, the Yankees and the Mariners. I don't, I didn't want Boston to be a part of that. That, That's just me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, the one thing that i that i'll say if i'm going to nitpick is that we should be having these matchups later on in the playoffs man like the oh, dodgers yeah, the dodgers and 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 the giants that should not be in the first round of the of of, of baseball playoffs there's no way the two yeah. best teams in the national league cannot face off in the first round if there's one yeah. thing that they're going to have to tweak here and there maybe make it an overall seeding thing. I don't know what they what what they can do, but there's no way that as a baseball fan, I want to watch the Giants and the Dodgers play in the first round. That's a championship round kind of matchup. And even yeah, with it, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say?
1: No, I completely agree yeah. with you, though, in, in regards of the matchup. But I think that it, this just happens to be one of those years where that's the case, because yeah. I think that the... The, the system isn't perfect, but one of the things that I do enjoy is because it does give um importance to winning the division. And I oh, think yeah. throughout sports, that's kind of, and, and I think in, in particular in baseball, you know um where home field advantage matters, I think as much as any sport does. So it, it matters to win your division. And so it just so happens that you have like two of the best teams in that league that just happen to play in, in the same division. Sometimes, that's not always the case, so it's it'd be interesting to see. Like I'm gonna throw this out there, and I and I actually threw it out there on Twitter. I don't know what you think about that, but what what I would hope that baseball would do is to for them to make the the wild card with a um with a caveat, which is basically you know that there's two the two wild card teams, yeah. I think that in order for the second team to qualify, follow me. Let me know if you if I, um, if you if you don't understand what I'm saying. So in this in the case of St. Louis, in order for them to actually qualify for the one-game playoff, I think that they need to be within five games of the Dodgers. Because one of the things that I don't like specifically about this season is that, and it speaks to, to what you mentioned is that now you're going to have a team with 100-plus wins. 106 wins, bro. With a team that only made it to 90. And so I think that there needs to be a little bit more because I think that would even give the second wild card that much more of an importance. Where It's not that you just need to be in that second wild card position, but you need to be within five games of the other team. I like that. If not, then it's the three-division winners, And the wildcard, and then once you go in, then you can recede, and then you can just go like whatever by matchup, and whoever had the best record then gets home
0: field advantage. And I get, Um, I get what I guess to play devil's advocate, I get the other side where they might say, "Well, if you're that good, then just win." You know what I mean? Like you're gonna have those people that are gonna say that, but I'm pulling up the stats here, the, the the standings here, and it just seems ludicrous, bro that this team is fighting for a spot in the playoffs because this is what's yeah. happening tonight and tomorrow night. They're fighting mm-hmm. for a, a spot in the playoffs. I don't you know. They, they do consider this a playoffs. I don't really until you get to that, that series. Right. It's crazy to me that a team with 106 wins, which by the way, is the second most in major league baseball is fighting for a spot in the playoffs. That's that yeah. to me to me for as much fun as, as as it's been the last weekend where they were fighting for that second spot or the first spot it isn't fair for a team like the Dodgers to have to fight for a playoff spot when they've been that dominant they're just unlucky that in their own division there was another team that was more dominant than they were yeah the no,
1: I completely agree with you um the one thing I will give baseball the benefit of the doubt to get this right is i'll give them a little time because i mean i don't know obviously i've been watching baseball a little longer than you just being the older of the two yeah but it wasn't that long ago where only two teams used to qualify yeah like i remember like in the 90s still i think the the wild card was introduced what was it like 95 96 or something like that two or three years old (laughs) <laughs> so it's not even that long yeah. ago, you know, where before, like in the old system, um, the Dodgers wouldn't even get that opportunity. It would have been right now. I think this year, given the standings, it would have been the Giants and Milwaukee playing for the National League Championship Series. And then the winner goes on to the playoffs. Yeah. So I think that what baseball is doing is kind of like what other sports are doing. And baseball was the last sport to kind of do this which is expand the playoffs, allow more of your teams to be able to make it. Football has been doing it for years with the wild card and the yeah. first round by, you know, basketball, obviously uh, half the teams make it to the playoffs every year. And in baseball, traditionally, it was that the uh, four teams that made the playoffs for the last, I want to say, 20 plus years. It's been uh, eight, and now when they introduced the wild card, the second wild card a few years ago, now you have 10 teams that can technically make it into the playoffs. So I think that they will potentially make some changes later down the road because I think if this continues to happen where you have, you know, like you had before where it was the Yankees and Boston, like two of the best teams in the in the league, but being in the same division or the if, let's say, the, the Giants and the and the Dodgers keep this thing up and we didn't even mention the Padres who for the first half of the season were right there with yeah, them. Yeah. Um, I think that there will be some changes and maybe they'll do something more like that. But, you know, I, I love I love it as it is right now, because you, you it makes you play that extra game, play it hard. And I just want to see what happens.
0: Personally, if you ask me, I know you're not going to like this response. For me, if it was about the best teams in the playoffs, it would have been the Giants, the Dodgers, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. I would completely eradicate the East. I know your team is there, the Braves, but I would completely eradicate that division because they just weren't as good as the other teams. And if we're going to fix it, then just put the best teams in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, again, it there's <laughs> pros and cons because and no, I'm not even seeing it as a brace run
1: because the thing about it is then you need then you would get rid of the division. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, and then just go to, you know, and that and yeah. that's something that I don't know that baseball, yeah, no, especially no. being the sport of tradition, will necessarily want yeah. to embrace, you know, so it's going to be interesting. The, the part that was a, a little bit of a gut punch, you know, um before we started recording, I don't know if you saw this, but. For the Dodgers, man, they they lost Clayton Kershaw for the rest of the playoffs. I don't know if you heard about that. No, because he was injured in his last start. And it was announced that he's done for the year. And then Max Muncie is is only going to be eligible to return if they can kind of continue going deep into the playoffs. So for a team that was looking to repeat and, you know, was set up. For that dogfight versus the Giants, they are like down two very key components. And I don't know. It'll it'll suck having to go, especially against the Giants in that first round.
0: They already if they
1: get by the Cardinals without
0: those two guys. They already lost Bauer for the year. Yeah. So that that completely changes. That completely changes everything, man. Um the way that the Giants have been playing and forget about the Giants, because they have to get through the Cardinals. The way the Cardinals have been yeah. playing to get to this spot. Yeah. They, they might be. They, I mean, they're stacked teams, the Dodgers are, but they might be in danger of not making the actual playoffs, which I mean, I think, that,
1: I think that they can get past the Cardinals because they have that, you know, ace in Max Scherzer yeah. that you know he's going to give you lights out. And beyond, you know, beyond, um, you know, Kershaw, they still have Bueller who's, you know, basically a young ace. They had Urias, who turned out to be the the only 20. By the way, did you know that there was only one 20-game winner in the major leagues this year? Who's was that? Julio Urias of the Dodgers. Oh, my of all God, the teams, really? Of all the pitchers of all they the pitchers got in they that team, got. he was the only one to make it like, wow. And in the AL, the, the most wins was actually Garrett Cole with 16. With 16. 16. Like, that's down, com- consider yeah, what we yeah. have last, you know, and usually in years past where you have, like, multiple 20-game winners. But, yeah, that's going to be a gut punch to them. I think that they still have enough firepower on offense and enough pitching to get by San Luis, but it's going to be hard for them to be able to to get past um, San Francisco if they actually do get past the Cardinals, which I think they would. But it's going to be hard for them to go after that. Can I get and him? not to yeah, I'll, I'll end it here with this because I know you mentioned my Braves, but I a lot of respect needs to be given to them. All in all, because think about this: these guys lost Marzell Osuna like at the beginning of the year when he got in trouble for domestic violence. They lost um, Ronald Acuna, who was their oh, arguably yeah. their, their best, best player, player. Yeah. and they lost him for the season. And yet, you had. Um, the Mets make the big splash that they did, and everybody crowned them Crowning the winners them. of yeah. the division. You thought Philly was gonna do it, and listen, my guys are in there. They did their thing.
0: Yeah, so, so let me get a prediction. We we'll can end with that. What do you think, Braves and Brewers? Who comes out? Oh,
1: well, I'm gonna pick the Braves. I I think that you know I don't will it happen. I don't know, but I think again the Braves have something there. They have you know. They don't have that, but they have Jock Peterson, who's been a great addition. They got Jorge Soler, who was somebody I wanted them to get from Kansas City years ago, and they finally got him, and he's been um, outstanding. Austin Riley, their third baseman, you can make an argument for him as a um, as an MVP candidate. Their their thing for me, and this is objectively as a fan, is that number one starter, yeah, who's you've always mentioned that, that pitcher that is if they're down in the series can come in and get them that win. I know they made the addition of Charlie Morton. He's a decent pitcher, but that's the that's the Achilles heel for the Braves. It's been that for the past five years when they've been winning the division more yeah, often. Yeah. Um but I hope that I, I still pull for them.
0: I give you that you've always mentioned that about you know them missing that that piece, that number one yeah. starter. And they, yeah. they still don't have that but as you said they've made it this far um despite people picking against them this season. So, they were 3-1 that.
1: on the Dodgers. I know that 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 people forget that, but yeah. they were up 3-1 on the Dodgers last year before the Dodgers got hot and took them out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we we'll, we we'll we we'll have to wait and see there, but it's exciting. We got football, we got baseball. Sports is and hot right now. is on the way. Forget that. Sports <laughs> is hot with football and baseball, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least for now. But yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there and leave it um with all the excitement that's happening in sports, as we do every week, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners, whether you're checking us out on audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your favorite streaming platform is. And then if you're on social media, now that social media is back, um, you know, be sure to rock with us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, um, everywhere that you you consume your social media. We're out there. Be a part of the conversation for us. That's our biggest priority is to bring you conversations worth um, chiming in on. And we appreciate everybody that kind of rocks with us and um, comments on what we do. But that's going to do it for us. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. We out.